everyone, and welcome to Avid Travel with Britton Frost. I, of course, am your host, Britton Frost, and today I want to apologize first and foremost if there is construction noise in the background. I am doing a day of recording, which is very rare for me, but there is some really important news going on in the cruise industry right now on the heels of the CDC's no-sale order expiring. Now, the the no-sale order expired on the 31st of October, and I think that maybe, I don't really think that any of us realistically expected for cruise ships to start sailing on the 1st of November, but there was definitely a lot of question as to how cruise lines were going to proceed and what was going to happen. And so we'll talk a little bit about that today and what that ordinance ending means and, you know, what is now in place of that order, um, which is, there are still a lot of restrictions. I'll just put it that way. And as I said, we'll get more into that in a second. This might be a short podcast, but I do feel like this is just really, really important to talk about. And then I also want to talk a little bit about what's happening with cruising as a whole. I know that a couple of Weeks ago, we had Ralph Grizzle on to talk about the future of the industry, where he thinks it was headed. And we did talk about some of the sailings that were completed in Germany, some of the cruises that they were doing in Norway and things like that, and and kind of that resuming sailing. And then we had our friend Mike on who talked about some sailings that he did with Ponant. And so we'll talk a little bit as well about what is happening with cruising and, you know, where it's going to go in 2021. So before we get into that, I am going to take a pretty early ad break because as I mentioned, I think that this is going to be a short podcast. So let's hear a word from our sponsors and I will be right back. Okay, so we're going to get straight into this. So the CDC's no sale order expired. Now, I think that in order to understand what this means, we need to talk a little bit about how that order came about and what that order said um, before we can understand what lifting that no sale order means. So the no sale order was enacted on March 14th of this year. And there were three stipulations to that order. One that cruises must either be suspended until the secretary of health and human services declared that COVID-19 was no longer a public health emergency or Two, the CDC director rescinded or modified the order, or three, 100 days had passed since the original order. Now, of course, since March, it has been 100 days, but they kept renewing this order. And it wasn't until September 30th that they made a final update because they had to keep pushing it back. And so on September 30th, they made this final update stating the same conditions of as above, but that cruise lines could resume sailing on October 31st, 2020. And so now we're here at the beginning of November. And what does that mean? So basically, they kept modifying this order saying, you know, once COVID-19 is no longer a public health crisis, once this is no longer an emergency, once the CDC clears sailing or the certain amount of time has passed, then it will be okay. I don't really understand the reason that they put the stipulation about the certain amount of time because they kept extending it anyway. But regardless, that doesn't matter. It's not effective anymore. So we're not even going to focus on that. So on October 30th, one day before the no sale order was set to expire, the CDC released what it calls a conditional sailing order. But 
just because cruise lines are allowed to resume sailing, and I say that in air quotes, doesn't mean that they are going to be able to. They're not able to resume sailing however they wish. And quite frankly, it's pretty unrealistic that any cruise line is going to be able to sail again for the rest of 2020 because there are so many things that the cruise lines have to accomplish before they are able to start sailing again. So I think that the most important part of this conditional sailing order, and it's a 40 page document by the CDC, and I read the entire thing, but my main takeaway is that cruise lines must complete simulated voyages before they are issued what the CDC calls a COVID-19 conditional sailing certificate. And so once they receive that certificate, they are able to have passengers on board. So these simulated voyages are going to be conducted with volunteer passengers and crew who are over the age of 18 and who have clearance from a healthcare provider. So in order to participate in these experiments, uh, passengers must provide written proof that they are not at risk for COVID-19 from a healthcare provider, which seems a bit ominous. But, you know, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, and I kind of think that you know, cruise lines have really been, they've just been given an unfair rap, I think, because we're understanding so much more about how this virus is spread. And when you look at something like the Diamond Princess, which was the ship that had the big outbreak and people were stuck in Asia, we didn't understand yet how effective masks were and quarantining and how the virus was spreading. And so, you know, that was at the beginning and those kind of outbreaks could have happened anywhere. Now, of course, when you're on a cruise ship, you're spending, you're spending a lot of time in the same spaces as everyone. You're going to the same restaurants, you're going to the same bars and the same entertainment venues. It's not like when you're staying at a hotel where you're getting going in and out of the hotel. You're, you're really spending time with this group of people that you're constantly with in one way or another. And so, yes, obviously that makes spread more concentrated, I guess is the word, because even if you're staying at a hotel and you're getting off the ship and you're uh, sorry, and you're going out of the hotel and going to a restaurant, you can still expose the same number of people that you would expose in a dining room on a cruise ship. It's just not going to be traced as easily, in my opinion. Of course, this is all my opinion. Um, but anyway, so I think that cruise lines were given a bad rap. And we can see that these sailings that started resuming over the summer and resuming with social distancing in place, with mask requirements on board, and with all of these enhanced COVID protocols, that they were effective on board these ships. And just because there were uh, COVID-19 cases on board these ships doesn't mean that we had these mass outbreaks like we had at the beginning of the pandemic on certain ships. So these simulated voyages, let's talk a little bit about what those are going to entail. So they must include embarkation and disembarkation procedures. They must simulate onboard activities, including dining and entertainment. They must simulate shore excursions. They must practice their evacuation procedures. If someone becomes symptomatic during the sailing, they must complete a transfer of those people to isolation rooms or crew to isolation rooms. 
uh, from their staterooms and then quarantine all of the remaining passengers and crew. So essentially, the cruise lines must prove that they can meet these CDC requirements before they are able, before they get the green light to start sailing again. They must also, this is an important one, cruise companies must also test all passengers and crew on the day of embarkation and disembarkation. So this is a contrast to what we were hearing from Mike during his podcast, where he said, you know, 72 hours before his sailing, he had to have a negative COVID test. And this makes much more sense. Uh, Just because someone takes a test the day of embarkation and it comes back negative does not mean that they don't have COVID. They could develop symptoms while on board. They could, the virus could, um, you know, because there's kind of an incubation period. So they say sometimes, I I think that the um, most of the health departments are saying that you should get tested five days after exposure. So if you were exposed to someone and then you got tested the next day and it came back negative, that doesn't mean that you're not going to develop COVID, but it is more, I think it is safer and makes more sense than having someone get a negative test 72 hours before, because in that 72 hours, they could be exposed to as many people you know, on planes and trains and things like that. Not to say again, that if someone takes a train and gets exposed, that that is going to, the test is going to detect it the next day. Um, But it does seem like a better rule. So, you know, all of these steps are really crucial in making sure that sailing can come back safely. And I think that because of this, it's going to prove that cruises are able to do this safely. And so, It is important. And I think that it's important that cruises come back safely and strongly so that they don't have these outbreaks again. And then people who had adverse reactions to what happened on Diamond Princess, you know, then can use that to fuel their arguments as well, saying that, oh, well, look, it happened again and it happened again. And so, you know, it's really important that still, even in our daily lives, that we are maintaining the safety practices that are in place right now. And I was watching an interview with Dr. Fauci on 60 Minutes, and, you know, he said that even with a vaccine, we're going to have to wear masks much into next year. Um, So there are just going to be differences, and there are just going to be protocols that the cruise lines have to take. And um, CLIA has... CLIA, as most of you know, the Cruise Lines International Association, has announced that they will voluntarily suspend sailing through the end of this year. So again, we probably won't see ships coming back until January, most likely February, um, just because that is a lot that they have to get in place. A lot of cruise lines have come up with their own protocols and their own plans for COVID um, and, you know, been trying to be really proactive about that. But there is still things that they have to do now to meet the CDC requirements that they might not have included in their plans. Um, So that will take a lot of reworking as well. So just the time that that's going to take and the news from CLIA and, you know, trying to get all the seasons in order. I think that it's just pretty realistic that we will not see ships sailing from the United States um, until the beginning of next year. And then on one other note, that's pretty much all about the no-sail order. I do want to talk really quickly about Viking Cruises, who has announced that they have put in a lab on board that will allow them to process COVID-19 tests, and it has the capacity to be able to test all of the passengers and crew on board. Um, So they have a full-scale lab on board, 
and they can do a non-invasive saliva test on crew members and guests and um, hopefully process those results. And I think that, you know, that again is a good example for the industry and hopefully other people will take note and be able to put these labs on board and we will be able to make cruising safe for everyone and make sure that, you know, the cruise lines are doing all that they can do to keep passengers and their crew safe. Um, so that is all that I have for this week, but I just wanted to share that news with you all because I thought that it was really important. And next week we will be talking to Michael DaCosta from Quasi Europe about Quasi Europe, who is Quasi Europe and get to know them a little bit. So I am looking extremely forward to that. I hope that you all have a great week and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.